the war on men. It's the Great Reset, a Graphorks best source. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition, along with Paul, the producer, and myself. Going to be talking about a lot of things that just almost make you sick to your stomach. Stay tuned. Our show, by the way, today brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. And by the way, Executive Properties also does garage door repairs and replacements. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to text or call us. Our number is 701-213-0863, And again, uh, not on Facebook or YouTube, The Great Reset, because, well, we learned. Uh, but if you do want to listen live, just go to GFB, uh, gfbestsource.com, okay, gfbestsource.com. Click listen now. It's all live for you. And if you do want to chat, just click the Twitch link in the upper left corner. And we are on Rumble now, too. All right. It's posted on the GFBS Facebook page. Uh, Before we get any further, it is time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Came home to find my kids have been on eBay all day. Yep. Come home. My kids have been on eBay all day. If they're still there tomorrow, I'm going to have to raise the price or lower the price. One of the two. I don't know which one. Probably lower the price. God. I don't want to look at him anymore. That was terrible. (laughs) Jeez. Um, (laughs) Sleepy Joe's approval rating at 40.7%. Did that go up like a tenth of a percent? I doubt it. Um, How about Joe's economic success? Okay, now listen to this. The average Americans are spending $709 more per month on everyday goods and services. That's $8,508 a year. That we didn't spend a couple of years ago. Daily essentials, food, power, bills, mortgage, up almost 25%, folks. Uh, and Paul, we were talking about uh, Joe went and visited Maui after the wildfire fires. Uh, that did a lot of good. Uh, Hunter Biden's lawyer, lawyers, uh, they're going to put Joe on the stand. They're going to do whatever they can to get Hunter out of this. So they're going to put Joe on the stand. At least that's what they're saying. Uh, and finally, uh, I just want to end it at this, my little spiel here. You know, if a mechanic took 47 years to work in your car and it was still broken, would you hire him for another four years? I don't think so. I don't even know how he has an approval rating. <laughs> yeah. like, it just blows my mind. Like, what person is sitting in their house like, you know, he's just doing a bang-up job. Yeah. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> I approve, Joe. Yeah, it, it, it's, oh, boy. I don't know. And uh, if you, you know, were to listen to Joe, he would say, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, he has to get into his whispers. It's when, working. I think he actually fell asleep during um, the meetings with the victims in Hawaii, too. Like, he was at, like, a conference, and he, like, fell asleep no. right, right in the middle of it. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> and, you know, this whole fire thing, it's weird because how there'll be pl- places that are just not touched. It's burned all the way around them. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I, that's I a land grab. They're, they I, want yeah, to put up I, resorts. That's what a lot of people are saying, that it, it is a land grab. But um, and how many people's lives? I mean, there's still like a thousand people missing in this thing. Yeah, because um, from what I understand is that it was uh, 
uh, on that particular part of the island, all of the land was owned by the uh, people that were born and raised there. What do you call them? The yeah, native, the natives. The natives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they owned all the land. Sure. And so now they burned all this up. They're all broke, and then they're going to come in and say, "We'll buy it from you." Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's fire funny. sale prices. I'll bet. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that something? Um, didn't Oprah have a house there that did not burn? Um, yeah, I think a lot of rich people had houses there that didn't burn. Hmm, how about that? Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, David Waterman is back in the studio. The War on Men and the Great Reset. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine. Good, good, good. I'm winning the war. You're winning the war? Are you? Well, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Well, You're that's here. a start, Look, right? Yeah, so the war is on all four of us. I mean, there are four mm-hmm. men in this room. Uh, it's a pretty pervasive war. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, and we've got we've got... People that are trying to fight watching programs like Fox, which is, which is uh, entertainment for the masses. You know, all the, all the media, either they're, either they're part of the problem or they're providing cover for the people that are causing the problem by presenting a narrative that doesn't have anything to do with the real problem. Right? They're not going to talk mm-hmm. about the real problems. They're not going to talk about... They're going to leave the real problems to be discussed by people that are considered conspiracy theorists. Right? So if you actually talk about the real problem, like what's really going on, what's really happening, where the real trouble is, where the real war is, then you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, yeah. And so, so organizations like, you know, obviously all the mainstream media are, are part of the problem because they're pushing the false narrative. But then organizations like Fox are going to talk about just the peripheral stuff, the stuff that, that the conservatives care about. But they're not going to talk about the real problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, very occasionally somebody, Mark Levin, might actually get to it. Uh, but um, I think he probably does more than most. Uh, but the real problem goes undetected and therefore undiscussed and therefore unaddressed. Right? If you don't know what the real problem is, sure. then, yeah, then you never deal with it. So um, I was telling my wife uh, yesterday, because I thought it was just absolutely remarkable. I, I wanted to share the post, but I didn't just because I didn't want GFBS to get flagged and have one like any of your other shows get canceled. But there was this guy that said, and you know, his reel is getting a lot of views, and he said exactly the same thing that you said a year ago. So he was talking about this LGBTQ plus, you, you know, however many letters are in it now (laughs) about you know them pushing these uh puberty blockers on children and you know the sex changes and all that kind of stuff and he said the reason for that is because if they say that a child can make that decision at 15 years old to mutilate their body well then a court of law then by that fact then uh, they would be old enough to decide if they want to have sex. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. so it's just it's just an agenda to bring in pedophilia. Yeah, sure, and then you know, yeah. and then uh, or if they murder somebody or rob somebody, then they should not be charged as a juvenile. Right. Well, I mean, if they're, they're going to treat them now, like they're an adult. See, now, no, now here's the problem, John. What, when what you just did was you just made a logical conclusion about <laughs> two different issues. You're not allowed to do that oh, yeah. in today's culture, right? So you forget that. But, but yeah, so what is more consequential, who you have sex with or the decision to mutilate your body? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're both pretty heavy, 
And so, yeah, one will certainly follow the other because, hey, if kids can decide yep. to cut their genitals off and mutilate their bodies, and you know, why not decide? Well, I want to have sex with this guy or that guy because I, because uh, I identify as a sexually mature human. Yeah, yep. and and you know, now with school starting up again in North Dakota, with all of these laws that have been passed, um, it's going to be interesting because I know Fargo, the school board over there, is still not happy. Uh, they want all this LGBTQRSTUV stuff uh, to be able to happen. They, they, they want kids to go to school and say they identify as the opposite sex, even though they might not at home. Uh, they want all this stuff to still happen, even though the majority of us, I don't think, around here do. But um, it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more about this in the news here in the next probably month or so, right. maybe. Well, they're, they're ba- they're, all they're doing is they're just they're uh, preemptively making a court case. Yeah. Well. You're right. I mean, I, you mean the the people that are the people that are pushing it, or the people that are pushing against it? No. So I'm saying that um, the you know the LGBT community. I mean, they even have like videos of them saying that we're coming after your children. Oh but, yeah. But you know, for them to try to pass all these laws because they know that they can't go after the pedophilia thing. Because I mean. Not would, directly. Would, they can't open. They can't openly they, yeah, promote they can, that. But yet. They'll, yet. they're going to backdoor it by pushing these other laws and then once those are in place then they can go in there and make the claim that if my if the kid is sure if, yeah, if he's right, old right. enough to change his identity yeah. then he's old enough to have sex with me and that's a yeah that's but, the creeping creeping incrementalism that works every time you do just a little bit more push a little bit farther and a little bit farther and a little bit and 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 after a while well it's just now it's just a, this next little step that's all we're doing Come on, you never said anything about all these other 25 steps that we mm-hmm. just went through over mm-hmm. the last 10 years. Now what what's your beef? What's I, your problem I just, now? It, I just thought it was really interesting that I saw that reel, and I remember you telling that exact same story last year. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're right. You've got a good memory, Paul. That's good. I just so, remember the most random. So we, well, no, that's, <laughs> I mean, don't, don't, that's ask my wife about my memory. That's, <laughs> but that's a significant thing, and it's, it's particularly significant because you have got children, right? So anybody that's got children needs to be aware they are, they are, they're coming after your children. So the war on men, um, that's, the, that's the title. I'm going to get uh, not just philosophical but, but biblical on today's show because, because here's the thing. A lot of people say, oh, I'm a very spiritual person. You know, I'm not a religious, but I'm very spiritual. I've heard that a lot. Have you ever heard that? Oh, yeah. I've heard everyone say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, what does that mean? Have another mushroom. What exactly? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Aren't spiritual and you're, religious kind of the same thing? spiritual, but you're not religious. And that doesn't really make... I think what they're trying to say is, well, I don't, I don't agree. I've had people say this to me many times. You know, I'm very, I believe in God, and I'm a very spiritual person. I just don't believe in organized religion. To which I respond, so you'd prefer chaotic religion? Yeah. You prefer disorganized religion? What, what does that mean, organized religion? Here's what I think that, that probably a lot of these folks are trying to say. They see churches uh, being ineffectual and, in some cases, uh, abusive. They see, not, they see it as nothing but a ritual. You go in, you sit down, you stand up, you kneel, you sit down, you stand up, you kneel— and then you say some things that you don't really understand, and then you leave. And they see that as meaningless. And it is meaningless. It is meaningless. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real, real religion, the Bible actually says real religion is to, to, to uh, defend uh, widows and orphans and to take care of them, to take care of the people that are in need. 
but but real religion is having a relationship with God and knowing who He is. Mm-hmm. And 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 I would maintain, without question, that real the only real way that you can do that is through Jesus Christ. If you know who He is and what He did and have trusted in Him, uh, then you can have a real relationship with God. But there are lots of religions in the world. They can't all be right. I came to this conclusion when I was 27. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about this. I'm saying, man, I mean, I had friends that were Jews. I, I, I wrestled with a Jewish kid in high school. Uh, I had Muslim friends mm-hmm. when I was in grade school. I, I had a Hindu roommate when I was in college. So I knew a lot of people from different religions. Sure. I dated a Mormon girl. Yeah. Uh, and several Catholic girls. And, and I thought, man, all these people say different things about God. Mm-hmm. But they can't all be right. One guy said this to me when I was at UND. He said, you know, all the different religions of the world trying to understand God is like, it's like four blind men <laughs> approaching an elephant, you know, or five blind men approaching an elephant. One of them touches the elephant's tusk and says, oh, uh, <clears throat> he's like a spear, Another one touches the elephant's trunk and says, no, no, he's like a snake. Another one touches the elephant's tail and says, no, no, he's like a rope. Another one touches the elephant's uh, leg and says, no, no, he's, he's like a tree. Another one grabs the ear and says, no, no, he, he, he's like a fan. You see, David, he explained, every religion sees a different piece of God uh, but they don't see the whole picture of who he is, just like those five blind men, each touching a different piece of the elephant, has just one perspective of what the elephant is like, but they don't see the whole thing. And it's like, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that makes no sense Different. whatsoever. <laughs> because we're not blind men, and no. God's not an elephant. And I mean, there's nothing at all that makes that analogy work. The truth of the matter is that all the world religions completely contradict each other. In, in key areas, mm-hmm. in terms of who God is. And so if, if all of them have a piece of who God is, then I came to the conclusion that God is schizophrenic. Because in one case, he's, he's, he's loving and merciful. In another case, he's, he's vengeful and vindictive. In one case, he's reasonable. In another case, he's completely unreasonable. And, 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 and he just does things willy-nilly based on how he happens to feel at the time on that particular day. Mm-hmm. So, it, so that's not the same. That's not the same God. It's different gods or different ideas of what God is like. And so, I came to the conclusion that I've got to find out who the real God is because, it, you know, in Hinduism, they've got hundreds of thousands of sure. different gods. Mm-hmm. Right? There's the God of fire, the God of water, the God of wind, the God of earth, the God of war, the God of peace, the God of love, the God of hate. I mean, all the, mm-hmm. what really? How many? Oh, okay. So, who who made them gods of? each one of their realms. I mean, and what, do they get along? Do they fight with each other? I mean, how does that work? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so the God of the Bible is the only God that's consistent throughout from Genesis to Revelation. And, and a lot of people hold up the Bible as, as true. Mm-hmm. Christians do, Catholics do, Mormons do, Jehovah's Witnesses do. The courts do. They change things. Mm -hmm. But guess what? These religions are all, they all contradict one another in one way or another. So the question is, who's got the truth? All right, well, that's not what the show is about. We can do another show on that if you want. But but the Bible is certainly true. And even the cults 
claim that the Bible is true, and then they they proceed to misinterpret yeah, it, <laughs> right? Exactly, and say that it mm-hmm. says things that it doesn't say. And in some cases, like in the case of the the Jehovah's Witnesses, they actually change wording, yeah. in the scriptures and say, "Well, that's not really what it said in the Greek," and they have no idea what it says in the no, Greek because they no, don't read. They Greek. don't read Greek. They just literally changed it mm-hmm. to go. In fact, we have. And they're just telling you what they were told. And we have. And I've been to the I've been to the Museum of the Bible, which is in Washington D.C., which is a phenomenal place. I would say if you go to Washington D.C. Uh, see the well. I don't. Depending on the day, you might not want to see the White House because you might get arrested for yeah. insurrection or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but see the Washington Monument. That's easy. Yes. The the Jefferson and the, and the Lincoln mm-hmm. memorials, and then go to the the Museum of the, the the Bible, which is amazing. They've got you can see thousand you know two thousand five thousand year old fragments of scripture that they have on display. Wow. Uh, and the entire history of the Holy Scriptures mm-hmm. and where they came from. And, and they have other scriptures. They have other, other uh, ancient religious writings as well. They've got, uh, they've got Sanskrit and they've got, you know, I can't remember all the different uh, writings that they have, but they show how interpretation works and how, how they figure out what these little dashes and dots in stone meant how they how they actually can unlock mm-hmm. ancient um, languages that are not spoken anymore. Now, how do you do that? You come up with a bunch of, there are all these stuff. How do you figure out what they mean and what right. they said and what the words are and what the letters, what the little characters mean? Anyway, they're really smart guys that can do that. And they have the scriptures there as well. So anyway, there's, it's, it takes a day, minimum, minimum of a day to go through the the. Uh, the Museum of the Bible, and it's fantastic. Uh, that and the Spy Museum; those are the, the those what? Are places. The Spy Museum, the International oh, the Spy. Spy, I thought you said spine. spine. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> what? No, I, you know, I've always thought that uh, Washington D.C. would be a really boring trip, but my parents said that it is definitely one of the places you have to go yep, to. Yep. You my wife says the same thing. Well, my it's wife true. has been there with your mom mm-hmm. before. Uh, my son, he might still be there he's been there all week uh one of the first things he did well he was at williamsport pennsylvania for the little league world series but first thing he did was fly into dc and spent a day or two in dc just checking out the stuff and uh yeah it's i haven't been there either but my wife says it is a must must see you yeah. have to go that's true yeah it really is so sorry the, the bible museum that takes a day the spy museum that takes a day um, so make sure you've got at least, mm-hmm. you know, three or four days to check out this. And people, some people say the Smithsonian, uh, Smithsonian is okay, but there's still a lot of political nonsense sure. uh, now that has become connected with that. I want to go to... Uh, the cocaine house? To the... <laughs> I want to go to the... What is the White uh, House, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, we'll never know how that got there. Uh, too bad they don't have security and yeah. cameras and stuff like that. Um, where did Where did... We come from Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-six. Uh, after God's created all the plants and the the sun and the moon, the stars, the living creatures, then God said, "Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth." And God created man in His own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay. So let's just... And then it says, God blessed them, and he said to them, 
Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God created man, and then he created Eve, and then he blessed them, and he said, be fruitful and multiply. I, I've got a friend, Amos Tarfa, who actually is uh, the helping to start the STEM school, the STEM Academy mm. here in Grand mm-hmm. Forks, which is just down the yep. hall from us, yep. starting up uh, this year. Praise God for that. That's a fantastic thing. Uh, still open for enrollment, so if you have children... Uh, and, and you're tired of all the garbage that's being shoved down their throats in the public schools. And more is coming, by the way. It's All the garbage isn't done. They're going to be shoving more down the throats of, uh, of your children uh, in the, the coming year. Uh, check out the, uh, the Life STEM Academy here in Grand Forks. Uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. And we can give information about where to contact the people that are behind that. Anyway, Amos Tarfa, is, um, he's not, he loves math. He loves math. He's a math teacher. And so this, I think this is probably his, one of his favorite verses in the Bible when God says, be fruitful and multiply. Because that's math, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> be, fruitful, be fruitful and multiply. And then, uh, then later Cain and Abel came along and then they pract- there was some division there. Um, but that's all math and stuff. Okay, so let's move on. The Lord God said to him... He, he said to them, he put them in, in, the, in, the, in the garden, Garden of Eden. We're going to go back now. We're going to go back now before Eve was created. The Lord took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For the day you eat of it, you will surely die. I was waiting for one of you to finish that sentence for me. <laughs> Then the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Now, this is very interesting because God gave Adam a command. He said there's one thing he couldn't do. There's only one thing, one thing that Adam was not permitted to do in the garden. And that was to eat of the fruit Mm -hmm. of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the only thing he couldn't do. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, and don't go over there and don't keep your, and and by nine o'clock, he didn't say any of that. He just said, you can eat from any tree you want, any tree, except this one. Mm-hmm. Don't eat from that one. And then the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a, a helper suitable for him. Now, I just want to point something out here. and This is a little Bible quiz. I, this, no wrong answers here. So I want to engage both of you. I'm just a little Bible question here. You notice that in... In verse 26, I know you don't have a, you can't reference, but in verse 26, God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea. And over the, okay. Let us make man in our image. Now, the one who's speaking is God. Mm-hmm. And is he referring to himself as singular or plural? I will read it again. God said, plural. let us, yeah, plural. Let us make man in our image. He said our, yeah, mm-hmm. Then in chapter 2, verse uh, 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Singular or plural? Singular. Singular, right. Mm-hmm. So we understand that we understand God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we get the Trinity plural. from. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's, and that's the plural. Yeah, sure. of course, that's clear. Let us make man. You know what? 
the Jews, the nation of Israel, did not have the, the understanding of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They didn't have that. But they know that their scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, say, let us make man in our image. The Shema is, the behold, you know, the, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. They know that God is one, and yet they didn't say, well, we got to change that because he says, let us make man in our image, because they know that that's what, that's what God said. Yeah. So, so it's just, for them, it was just something we can't understand. He says, let us make man in our image, and yet the Lord is one. God is one. There's only one God. We only worship one God. We don't worship multiple gods, just one. Mm-hmm. How do you explain the Trinity to someone who knows nothing about God? It's, it's difficult. But I just want to point this out. He says, the Lord God says, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. I will make him a helper. Who do you think that was that was talking? It was God. Yeah. So, but he says, I, instead of we, or let us, he didn't say, let us make a helper suitable for him. He said, I will make him helper suitable for him. Mm. Any ideas? Any ideas? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you another curveball here. It's not a diversion. It's just, it's important. No, hold on. Just bear with me. Uh, who's, you've heard of, obviously, the word of God is the scriptures, but there's also someone who's referred to as the word of God. And who is that? Who's Jesus? Yes, Jesus is referred to as the word of God. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. The Apostles' Creed says, um, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, right? That's the Apostles' Creed. Mm -hmm. The Apostles' Creed, however, is not in Scripture. Just so you know, they didn't lift that out of the pages of the Bible. It's not in Scripture. I think the Apostles' Creed is wrong. Listen to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? Okay. You with me? So who's he, who he talking about? The Word is <clears throat> Jesus, right? Okay. Are we, are, we on, are we on the same page here? Yeah. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Another name for the Word is, you said it, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. Now listen to this next part. All things came into being by him. By who? Jesus. Yeah. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In other words, he made everything. Jesus made everything. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why not? Because Jesus was after Adam. Was he? Uh, according to John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That means Jesus existed before Adam. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, in fact, Jesus was in the garden with Adam, right? In bodily form, Jesus appears to Moses and speaks to him about what he's going to do. He, he tells him that he's going to destroy, um, he's going to destroy um, Sodom before he does it. And he makes the promise to Abraham. And I'm sorry, did I, did I say, who did I say? Did I say Moses? Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Abraham. 
he appears to Abraham and says he's going to destroy uh, Sodom. And, um, and he also says that he's going to make him a great nation. Okay, so that's, an, that's for another day. But this was Jesus who made everything, because that's what the Bible says. In the, word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Oh, you want to know what the... Here's another little side note. You want to know what the Jehovah's Witnesses say that this says? Because they don't believe that Jesus was God. They don't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They believe Jesus was an angel. In fact, they teach that Jesus was the archangel Michael. Oh. And so they, 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 put the, they add the word, the indefinite article A. They say, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was a God. But you know what? The Greek doesn't say that. Where are we going it says with the this? the word was God. Good question. <laughs> the war on men. <laughs> that, that's it. Okay. The, the war on men. So, so I almost titled this show The War on God and Men. Because ultimately, it's a war on God. Mm-hmm. Because what did God say in the beginning? Let us make man in our image. And then he did that. So what does that mean about each one of us in this room? We all look like Jesus? No. <laughs> We're all flunking this quiz? <laughs> it, means that, it means that we all bear God's image, right? We're image mm-hmm. bearers of God. Sure. We represent who God is. We are his, we're made in his image. Oh, so, I see where you're going with this now. Okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for me. So when I bring in women, I was going to ask you, so here's the question. Did you see the Barbie movie? No. You didn't? Okay. Did you see the Barbie? No, I won't. Did, nobody saw the Barbie movie here? Okay, good. No. I, didn't see the, I didn't see the Barbie movie either. I'd like to see it just as a, to research it. But I don't want to. I don't want them to get a penny of my money mm-hmm. for that movie. So yeah, for that, I, reason, I don't think I'd watch it if they paid me to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, maybe, maybe if they threw in free beer, maybe <laughs> or, or some cupcakes. Okay, mm, I doubt it. No, I wouldn't. I, that was, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so, so. Ah, cupcakes would be good. Yeah, that's it. No, that's how it's hammered out. Your drift. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes! Yeah, I'm a little slow today. Oh, for heaven's cakes, right here in the Grand Cities Mall. Yeah, cupcakes would be good, uh, especially from Oh for Heaven's Cakes. Not to mention the best cupcakes in town, but the best cakes too. Whether you got a special occasion, maybe you just want a treat, maybe you're having a little gathering, stop in or order them. All right, um, if you're a business owner. Tell you what, they got this deal called uh, monthly employee discounts. Chance for you to hook your employees up with some good treats, all right? North backside of the Grand Cities Mall, open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4. Saturdays from 9 to noon. You can call them 701-757-CAKE or go to Overbetter or Oferheavenscakes at yahoo.com. <sighs> Be a beautiful cupcake and a world full of muffins, all right? Oferheavenscakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Check them out. They're right down the hallway here. Uh, the War on Man, The Great Reset, David Waterman here, along with uh, Paul, the producer, and myself. And where were we? I can, well, okay, I'm just going to take a guess Go as ahead. to where this is going. Go for it. So you're saying that man was created in God's image. Yes. And now they're trying to make men not manly, men, man not menly, mm-hmm. however <laughs> you want to yeah. say that, yeah. anymore, because then they won't be able to defend the devil. Well, will there even defend, defend, won't be able to defend God, evil, evil. Satan. Wait, who won't be able to defend evil? Uh, Wait, you mean defend against evil? Yeah. Okay, right. Good. Yes. 
Yeah, no, you're yeah, that that's that's it, Paul. Because Satan is real, not in the same way that God is real, because God is more real than anything in or, or anyone. But Satan is real and Satan hates God. In fact, the word devil means hater of God. That's what devil actually means, hater of God. You know, uh, you want to hear a cool little story that I heard? Um, So this is probably another reel that I I watched, but there was a guy that uh, went to heaven and hell. And And when he got to hell, he could eat anything that he wanted, but he had four-foot Long chopsticks. Actually, yeah, I remember this. It was uh, uh, Tate, Andrew Tate, that was telling this story. So you go to hell, and you have these four-foot chopsticks, and everybody was starving because they couldn't eat the food with these. They could eat anything that they wanted, but they had to use these four-foot chopsticks. But everybody in hell was starving. Well, there was the same exact deal up in heaven, and he said, okay, do you want to come up to heaven? It's the exact same thing. Uh, everybody had to eat with four-foot chopsticks, but everybody in heaven was super full and enjoying all the food that they could eat. And you know the difference between heaven and hell? I'm going to guess uh, the people in heaven were feeding each other. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the yeah. people in hell were trying to just feed themselves. <laughs> themselves mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting analogy. Yeah, that, that has some, some application for... Y- y- Right. God said to love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. right? Right. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to see your neighbor be hungry or injured or, or distressed and not help them, right? So, uh, <laughs> so let's ignore that. Uh, <laughs> I just saw what you were shaking your head at, John. No, um, I got nothing. So, so, here's, the, so here's, the, here's the deal. This verse right here is most people read this, and I've, I've even heard this read in churches, and they just kind of brush right over it and say, oh, okay, okay, that's cool. But this, this verse, chapter 18 of, uh, excuse me, verse 18 of chapter 2 has tremendous implications for our world. And I'd like to get, I'd like to get your response to this. What do you think? And, and Paul, I'd like you to chew on this a little bit yourself. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Do you, do you see the implications? Do you see the, the depth of that statement? It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Okay. So, any, okay, okay, so... So, and, then, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the cattle and to all the birds of the sky, to every beast of the field. Stay with me. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. No helper suitable. For, he, he's named every animal. None of them are suitable helpers for him. So what did what happened next? Any guesses? He created Eve. Hey, and the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place, first surgery ever recorded. And the Lord fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken mm-hmm. from the man, and he brought her to the man. 
And the man said, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what he said, right? Mm-hmm. It's written this way. <laughs> Finally, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she will be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and, the, and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Mm-hmm. Naked and not ashamed. Guess what? They also were not out of shape. <laughs> yeah. These would have been the two most incredible, beautiful, well-put-together specimens of human beings the planet's ever seen. Right? I mean, we have our idea of the perfect man or the perfect woman, right? What they look... No, these, these were perfect because God made them. So they were hot, and they were hot for each other. And God said, not only that, God said, oh, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> Imagine that. You're in the Garden of Eden with the most beautiful woman ever created on the face of the planet. And God says, go multiply go to, go to with her. Down. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so this is a really good situation, but I don't want to escape our notice this one fact. What was Eve created for? What, we, what, what was her role? What was she given to? So they could procreate. Yeah, but, but what did, that, that's what he said to do. But what, what did God say? It's not good for man to be alone. I'll make what? He didn't say, I'll make a procreator. A for helper. Him. A helper. Mm-hmm. I'll make a helper. And then just nag, nag, nag. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Paul. <laughs> so. So there was no division between man and woman in the garden. There was none. No division, in fact, and they were both naked and they were not ashamed. And you can say, well, yeah, if I had a perfect body, I wouldn't be ashamed either. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe that was part of it, but they had no shame because they hadn't done anything wrong, mm-hmm. right, until the serpent showed up. And the serpent was more clever than any more. And the serpent was, you know, symbolic of Satan. Satan entered the serpent and the serpent beguiled Eve. Eve ate from the fruit and then she convinced Adam to do the same thing. He did not put on his big boy pants and be the leader, which was his job. Mm -hmm. Instead, he took advice from his helper, which was very bad advice. And he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's where sin came into the world. And that's when they realized that they, and they were ashamed because now they're, they're, uh, they're naked and they're also sinners. And so here's this, so just to go back to the part from John that you said, that doesn't make any sense. Um, after this, they heard the sound of the Lord. And, I, and this is literal. We can't figuratize this. This is literal. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day walking in the garden. And the man and the woman, man and his wife, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called out to the man and said to him, where are you? So God is spirit, right? But they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. How could they hear him walking if he's spirit? How could they hear him walking? Because he's an elephant. Unless, unless, unless... (laughs) 
the Lord God refers to Jesus, who has a body, and it was Jesus who also created man and woman, right? Because he said, I will mm -hmm. make man a helper. So that was Jesus walking in the garden, and he, okay. So from that time on, there was trouble in paradise. There's a song, isn't there? No, I am. God gave man a role, and God gave woman a role. The woman's role was to help man, and the man's role was to defend his wife and to have children to be a father. Let me read one more thing, and then we're going to really get into it. We're going to get into the topic. You're saying, boy, this is a big introduction. But it's a very important introduction, and it's important that we put these things in context. We go to here. We go Ephesians chapter five. I'm going to read one of the most controversial because we're not on YouTube, so we can do controversy here, right? Yep. Um, this is uh, this is Gen uh, Ephesians chapter five. He he says uh, Paul is writing to the the church in Ephesus, and he says. He says, uh, don't get drunk with wine, that's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. I'm not going to go into how people teach wrongly on this next passage, but then he says, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Did you know that's a command in Scripture? Wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives to their own husbands in everything. That's what the Bible says. That's what God said. I hope my wife is listening. <laughs> then... It gets, it gets tougher. Then he said, husbands, so that's instruction to the wife. Then he says, husbands, love your wives just as Messiah also loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present himself to himself, the church, in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. So the instruction to the wives is submit to your husbands in everything. The instruction to the husbands is love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What did Jesus do for the church? He on the cross. He died. He yeah. died. He gave up his life. Right. So we say, oh, cool. I, yeah, I hope my wife's listening. <laughs> hope she is because her role is to submit to you. Your role is to be willing to die for her. So when my wife and I discussed it, she said, yeah, you've got a much harder job than me. <laughs> All I have to do is submit to you. You've got to be willing to lay down your life for me. And I said, yeah, that's right. So, what does this have to do with the war on men? 
I wanted to establish the roles of men and women that have been understood in certainly in Jewish circles, but 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 even more so in the Christian Church for over two thousand years. The role of the wife is to be helper to the husband. It doesn't mean that she's less than he is. It doesn't mean that she's under his thumb. She's not inferior because Scripture says male and female, he created them, right? So we both bear the image of God. We both bear the image of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we have different roles. The war on men is designed to subvert that entire system to say, you're not the leader of your family. You're not the leader in your marriage. And you're not the leaders in this culture or in this country. That's toxic masculinity. When you try to be the provider and the protector and the overseer of our world, of your family, your community, your state, your nation, you're exhibiting toxic masculinity. You got to settle down. You got to be more like a woman. And not be so much about this power thing that you use in the proper context to protect and defend your family, to provide for your family. But you're not supposed to do that anymore. In fact, women are supposed to be more like men, and they can be the ones that go out and provide and do all that stuff. Because the roles don't really matter. See, we're, we're basically interchangeable. This is the story that we're being told in the popular uh, pop, pop culture and in the press. And, and it's, getting, it's getting worse. That was the message that was given to little children in this Barbie movie, the Barbie movie. Here's a quote from the Barbie movie. I didn't see it, but I heard this directly from uh, a man who did see the movie, Jonathan Kahn. He's an author. He is a, uh, he's a Jewish believer in Jesus who has written a number of really good books. Uh, One of them is called The Return of the Gods. And here's a quote from the Barbie movie. Try to comprehend this. I want you to explain this to me, gentlemen. What, What does this quote, this is Barbie speaking. How does this relate to little girls who are going to see the Barbie movie? How are they supposed to understand this? Here's the quote. By giving voice to the cognitive dissonance required to be a woman under the patriarchy, you robbed it of its power. That was from the the movie? That's from the movie. That's a direct quote from Barbie in the movie. Let me read it again just in case case I read it too fast. As you're in your Barbie penthouse, yeah, that's what all these little girls are thinking. They're thinking this. Yeah, because they're being told by Barbie. Mm -hmm. By giving voice to the cognitive dissonance required to be a woman under the patriarchy, you robbed it of its power. You know, and that that whole uh, plot, from what I understand of that Barbie movie, is that Ken exists to serve Barbie. Yes, sir. That is correct. That is exactly correct. Mm -hmm. Just the opposite of what we have been talking about here all morning. Just the opposite. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then Just they, the opposite. And, the, and so then they go from the, uh, the Barbie world into the real world, and Ken sees that men aren't completely controlled by women, and so he tries to bring that back to all the other Kens in the Barbie world, so to try to give men you know, 
their own power back or whatever you want to call it. They're you know, their toxic masculinity. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that, their that's, plastic masculinity. <laughs> and and Barbie's task is to make sure that that doesn't happen. So that's her task. No, you're, that's exactly right. So so here's the question. And you know, I used to I used to I'd hear people be critical of Barbie. And I thought, oh come on, it's just a just a little figure. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Here here's the deal. Do you see these pictures of? See these doll pictures here? Mm-hmm. One of these dolls, actually, uh, well, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, Post-World War II in Germany, there was a doll called Bild Lily. Bild Lily was a sex doll. She was a prostitute, and she was often found in prostitutes' rooms uh, considered by parents completely unsuitable for children because she's a sex worker doll. Mm-hmm. That's what she is, called Build Lily. <clears throat> this is Build Lily right there. Oh, See, look, I'll take off the da da. Okay. Lily. She looks kind of familiar, though, doesn't she? I mean, look at her, her suit. Now, she's dressed like a prostitute. But who are these two? Oh, <laughs> one's probably a Karen. <laughs> well, to me, this one sure looks like Barbie. Mm-hmm. Let's see. It's also Build Lily. Who's this one? Well, I was going to say Mae West, but it's not. <laughs> That's Barbie. Hmm. They look almost like they look like twin sisters, don't they? Now, where did Lily originally start again? Germany. Okay, now why then if this doll was made in Germany, why didn't it have blonde hair and blue eyes for the Aryan nation because isn't that what they thought the perfect person well, looked like? Here's the here's the first version of Bill mm-hmm. Lily. Here's the second version. Now she has Blonde hair. That first version must have been before, like the 30s, maybe. Well, because because well, I, I mean, I'm only Mm -hmm. this conjecture. Sure, that maybe because yeah, because blonde, you know, the Aryan race would never be prostitutes. That was yeah. Oh, sure, sure. So they so yeah, that makes sense. But Mm -hmm. then, but but the idea is that maybe prostitution is okay. So let's give them a blonde haired prostitute. This is where Barbie came from. This is this is the origin of Barbie. Build Lily, Barbie, change the name. Even the eyes look the same. I mean, they're all they're practically identical. Where did Build Lily come from? In, in the Bible, there's talk of foreign gods, pagan gods, and a lot of the pagan gods that were, that are listed in the Bible, like Ashtaroth, is listed. Listen to these. Listen to these names, Ashtaroth. Astarte, Ishtar. You know those are those are ancient. It's an ancient Mesopotamian goddess. Uh, Astarte is just a different version of Ashtaroth, and Ishtar is a different version of Astarte. They're all the same pagan goddess. And Ashtaroth was a Mesopotamian goddess of sex. That's who she was. Her deal was that. Men are unnecessary, and that women actually can fulfill the same roles as men. So you don't need men. 
just need women because they were, were interchangeable. In fact, in his book, The Return of the Gods, um, Mike, uh, uh, Jonathan Kahn quotes uh, an ancient, uh, ancient transcription of the goddess Ishtar. Who, here's the quote. She grinds away the masculinity of men. The goddess Ishtar grinds away the masculinity of men. This is thousands of years ago. This goddess Ishtar that I believe that both Barbie and Bill Lilly were fashioned after grinds away at the masculinity of men. So the opening of Barbie, and I know this because I've seen this part of the movie. How many of you saw the 2001 A Space Odyssey? Yep. I think I did, but I can't remember it. Okay. At the beginning of the movie, you see a bunch of apes. They're walking around. They're like ape men, right? They're walking around, hanging out. One of them eventually picks up a bone, use it to smash the skull of another animal that's just this old, like, mm-hmm. it's just a skeleton. So it's like the skull. And he smashes the skull. And then a few minutes later, he's smashing the skull of another ape. So he kills another ape. These apes are supposedly our ancestors, right? And the first tool that they had was this bone that they used to kill another ape. And in triumph, the ape screams and throws the bone up into the air and the camera follows the bone up in the air and the bone spins around and all of a sudden, whoop, it becomes the space station. And now we go into, what, 3,000 years, 4,000 years later. It's demonstrating in a split second the evolution of man without a creator, without God, that on our own, well, there's a big monolith there. Who knows what that what that's supposed to be? Uh, but on our own, we ascend to higher creatures that can do amazing things like God in space. That changed the face of the way that people thought about ourselves and about God. 2001 A Space Odyssey was one of the most anti-God, anti-Christian films ever made. And it changed the way that we thought. That, by the way, was the same the same era that Barbie was introduced, early 60s in the United States. <laughs> so we have both these things happening at the same time. The 2001 appeals to adults. Barbie appeals to little girls. You know, I think, that, what, did, what did most dolls look like if we think about little girls playing with dolls? They look like babies, right? Yeah. So the movie Barbie starts off with these little girls, little girls, not making this up. When I first saw it, I thought, this is a parody. It's not. This is the beginning of the Barbie movie. We see little girls, like the ones we are screaming in the background. Yeah, it's ridiculous. We see these little girls with their little baby dolls, and they're sitting around tables, and they're out in this, they're like a desert, like this, with rocks, desert with these big rocks, almost identical to the scenery with the apes in 2001. Big rocks, surrounded by, they're out in this wilderness with just these big rocks, and they're at the rock table, and they're sitting there feeding their baby dolls tea. And none of the little girls are smiling. They're all somber. They all look like they're doing this because they have to. They're not enjoying themselves. They're just feeding the little dolls their tea. And, and then something happens. This monolith appears. 
Well, it's not a monolith like it was in 2001, a space odyssey. It's a giant statue of Barbie. It's a giant Barbie. In the movie 2001, the apes go up to the monolith. They go up and they, one of them touches it and then he runs away. In the Barbie movie, one of the little girls goes up to the big Barbie, touches her leg, then she backs off. They're all looking at Barbie. And we see Barbie, we see the sun behind her head, just like we saw the sun behind the monolith. It's the exact same imagery. And then we see one of the girls, we see one of the girls, I, I, I may be telling this out of sequence, it doesn't matter. One of the girls picks up her doll and there's another doll lying on the ground. She picks up one of her baby dolls and she smashes the other baby doll with it and the heads shatter. They're smashing their babies. This is, in the, this is in the Barbie movie? Yeah, this is the opening, the Barbie movie. She smashes it against the rock, decapitates and crushes the heads of the babies. And then she throws the doll up into the air. And the doll spins, spins, just like the bone that the apes threw up in the air. And it's spinning and all of a sudden it, poop, it says, Barbie! So they just ripped off another movie. Another movement with huge significance yeah. in the shaping of our culture. Mm-hmm. Do you see where this is going? Do you see the pattern here? Yeah, I might have to watch two, Barbie two, now. 2001, <laughs> no. 2001, a space odyssey changed the way that people think about themselves and think about God. Barbie, even copying the beginning of 2001, a space odyssey, is designed to change. How is a little girl going to think about babies when they see in the Barbie movie the baby dolls being smashed to pieces? Do you think that that's going to affect their view of motherhood, childhood, abortion when they get older? Mm-hmm. If you don't, <laughs> yeah. you're sleeping. Oh, it's, there's no doubt. I mean, that they're targeting kids with this movie. They're targeting kids with a message that is absolutely destructive. Because, and in the, 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 you know, Ishtar, this ancient Mesopotamian goddess Ishtar, Ishtar has a, she's got a boyfriend. The boyfriend is really of no significance. Um, I'll think of his name here in a minute. Well, I mean, just like the, I was saying with the, you know, this Barbie movie, the all the Kens in that world, so these little girls are watching the show, all men are perceived as very weak. And in the in the ancient story of Ishtar, the Ishtar's boyfriend, what why can't I think of his name? Um he's also very weak. He in fact eventually Ishtar destroys him. She eventually destroys her boyfriend. Okay? in ancient, you know, the, this, this pagan religion. So... Tammuz? No. Tammuz? Tammuz, thank you. Tammuz, yeah, they, that, that's the boyfriend of Ishtar. Thank you very much, Dale. The, the, Ishtar's boyfriend is Tammuz, just like Barbie's boyfriend is Ken. Ken is, he's just an accessory, right? Mm-hmm. He's never, part, he's never the, the main part of the story. It's not Barbie and Ken get married, 
it's Ken is there kind of just as a plaything for Barbie, mm-hmm. like her car or her umbrella or her pool or, you know, her poodle. In The Return of the Gods, uh, one of the other statements, they tear away, this is, a, again, from antiquity, referring to these false gods. They tear away the wife from the man's embrace. I, I've been saying on the show, we've been talking for for over a year. Uh, well, I, I have been, I, I think I've mentioned on this show about the war against the family, Right. Mm-hmm. If you destroy the family, you destroy the culture, you destroy the nation, mm-hmm. and then it can take over. And the core of the family is the husband and wife, right? A man and a woman sure. who love each other, who live, and uh, husbands and wives who live in the, the, within the biblical bonds of marriage, meaning that it's a monogamous relationship where the wife respects, honors, and submits to her husband, and the husband loves his wife as Jesus loved the church, that's a happy marriage. There's a man that wrote a book called Love and Respect, and he talks about how what women desire more than anything is love, and what men desire more than anything is respect, and that's the way that God made us. (laughs) So when a woman respects her husband, He's going to love her. And when the woman, when a husband loves his wife, she's going to respect him unless she's bought into the toxic femininity, masculinity program that's being pushed since the 1960s, which is that men and women are interchangeable. There's no need to have, you know, you don't need a man in your life. In fact, there's no such thing as a man because there, there, the, the gender, genderism exists on a, multi-functional scale, right? You can choose whatever gender you are. There are thousands, infinite number of genders. I'll read one more thing, one more thing from Scripture just to kind of wrap this up before we go into, maybe we should really probably be the war on men part two. Um, We talk about truth on this show a lot. Romans chapter one, just going to read a short portion here. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. And then he goes on and talks about that a little bit. But I'm going to talk about something more specific. He talks about how men exchange the glory of God for the glory of animals and birds and crawling creatures, in other words, like evolution. Oh, yeah, we made ourselves. (laughs) We came from the primordial ooze and then the slime and then fish, then apes, then humans, right? That we made ourselves. And he talks about that here in Romans chapter 1. He says, Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity. I want you to think about what I've been talking about this war on the whole women's rights movement, the whole militant men are evil, men are, which is, which comes out in the movie. Uh, she grinds away the masculinity of men. That's from thousands of years ago. God, for this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own person 
and their own persons the due penalty of their error. What does that sound like? Um, Women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural, and in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving their own person, the penalty of their error. What does that sound like? What's that a description of? LGBTQ community? Yeah, pretty much. You're not necessary. There's no need to have... Here's their message. There's no need to have a division of sex or gender because everything's fluid and we and anybody can be whatever they want, whatever they identify as. That's the destruction of the very basic tenet of our reality, which is God created them, male and female, he created them. Male and female. Male and female. Not spam, boom, bing, thing, whatever that nonsense is. But this is a destruction of our understanding of reality. Well, but I do think that um, in that community, they do accept that there are men and women, but they want to take gender and put it into a different category than that. So they understand that you have the anatomy of a man, but you can identify as a cat. Because they say that it doesn't really matter what your anatomy is. That's what they're saying, that your, your physical body doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. right? So if it doesn't matter, then what you do with it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? So if we believe that, then for children to have their body parts cut off, it doesn't matter because the body itself doesn't matter, right? And for children to have sex with adults doesn't matter because the body doesn't matter. Do you see where that's going? Yep. Yep. No, and, that makes sense. And that's their goal. That is their goal. That's their end goal. Because that brings about the destruction of humanity to the point where men no longer recognize that their role is to defend. What happens if men are destroyed? What happens if all the men go away? I said men, right? The war on men. What's the role of a man? Of a man? To love your wife, right? And, and also to love your children. Can you love your wife and your children if you don't provide for them? Yes or no? Yes. You can? If you don't... If you don't provide, why did you ask? <laughs> okay, no, <laughs> I don't know. Can you can you love your 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 wife and your children if you don't protect them? If someone's attacking your wife and your children, can you say, "Oh, I love them so much"? Well, look, someone's someone's beating them with a wooden stick. Don't you love them? Well, sure, I love them. Well, what are you standing there for? What if you're a paraplegic? You that's not what we're talking about. Well, what do you mean that's not what we're talking about? I'm not talking you're, about paraplegics. I'm talking oh, about... Oh, you're talking about men, but you did not... You didn't say that. You're, okay. just, you're just automatically saying because he can't stand up for them that he doesn't love them. That's, that's not the case for every, everybody and everything, I don't think. No, all, there, there are exceptions, John, to every rule, I mean, right? it's your quiz, not mine. Right, there are exceptions <laughs> to every rule. Right, okay, so, okay. so I have to. So let's not be stupid, right? Let's not. I, right. Let me, let me, let me, let me not have to have to outline every. Okay, so there are exceptions, right? Obviously, someone who's a paraplegic can't do anything, right? Yeah. But if you're, here's the point. Look, you don't have to agree with this. Part of loving your wife means defending her and protecting her. Agreed. Okay. If you are convinced that you, that is not your job then you're not going to do it anymore. 
If you become convinced it's not my job to defend my wife, it's not my job to defend my children, that's just part of my patriarchal, um, toxic masculinity concept that is all a societal construct. And it doesn't mean that I actually should do that because I shouldn't do that because that's just showing that I'm a toxic male. I'm telling you, that's what Satan wants you to believe. And that's the whole point of the war on men. Because if men lose this war, we're still bigger and stronger and faster by ourselves, even if we're watching video games all day. Because that's just the way that we're made. The victims in the war on men, if men don't recognize their proper role in the family and in society, the real victims are the women and children. They're the ones that suffer. Because now they're left to fend for themselves. Yep. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's my point. Yeah. And I mean, I could also say too that, you know, with the way that society is kind of going right now too, and when we talk about, okay, now if they're going to try to make pedophilia legal, well, it's not going to be, you know, man and woman kind of, you know, in the marriage sense. Everybody's just going to think that they can just have as many partners as they want. It's just a free-for-all. Yeah, and I'm not saying, just to be clear, I'm not saying that women shouldn't have jobs, that women shouldn't work. I mean, the, the uh, um, Proverbs 31 talks about the woman who sees, a, uh, who, who sees a field and buys it and who works with her hand and sells things in the, in the marketplace and provides for her family. What I'm saying is that the traditional role, the biblical role of men and women is under attack. And if we get caught up in the weeds by looking at all the little detail things, we're not going to see that that's happening. And that as men, we have a responsibility to recognize what our role in society is and to take that seriously, because if we don't, the women and children will be the victims and there, there are perfect examples of um, this. Just take two seconds, Rob, and then we'll wrap it up. But you can already see the attack on America from this because of all. I, want, I don't want to say false flags because that's. I don't think that's the correct term. But why does the LGBTQ community have their own flag? Why is the American flag not the only flag that is being flown in America? There is absolutely no reason that a, another party should have a flag in America. Yeah. That is a takeover. That's true, right. Yeah, I mean, it's a, certainly a symbol of it. Yeah. So, and those people, by the way, I think that most of them are, are, are useful idiots. I, they don't realize that they're part of a much bigger agenda. They're just, they've been convinced that that's, that that's a good thing for them to do, and so that's why they do it. I, I don't think that, you know, but that's the way that it's always worked, right? You, you I, get I the, mean, I, even when I was at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, I saw, you know, somebody that on their table, they had, you know, we stand with Ukraine, and they had the Ukraine flag sitting at their table. Why in the heck do you have another country's flag flying in America? Take it down. <laughs> Don't say that at the racetrack. Why? Because they have a Canadian flag flying. Yeah, but it's not. It better not be as high as ours. No, it's not. They, okay. they, they, they no proper flag etiquette. I made sure of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right. All right, there we go. Great reset, everybody. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, we did have a whole lot of technical difficulties today. I don't know what the deal is with our Tuesdays. Uh, we'll try to figure that out. Thank you uh, for all the people that reminded us time and time and time and time and time again that we weren't streaming. Uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> our show, by the way, today brought to you by Churchill Shoes. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SaaS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. All right. By the way, tomorrow, Dale is going to be uh, holding on to the reins here. He's going to have Brandy and Tanya from the Grand Forks Public Library on tomorrow at 11 o'clock. They're talking about Library Con, which is kind of a library convention. Uh, Dale loves doing this. I think it's going to be a great show. We love having the people on from the Grand Forks Public Library. Tell you what, enjoy your day, everybody. All right. Remember now to like, share, tag, and follow us. If you hit the notification bell on your smartphone, you'll always know when we're going on the air. All right. And we all know the Grand Cities are grand. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again.